Steve Vine's in the house. He works it, on holidays, don't you? It, it is. In fact, it's it's the International Workers' Day. So, yeah, I noticed that. Actually. So, arise, you starvelings from your slumbers. Yeah. Arise, you criminals of want. For reason in revolt now thunders. And at last ends the age of Kant. These, of course, as all the comrades will know, the opening words of the Internationale, which... I don't understand it. I mean, all these members of the Communist Party in Hong Kong don't sing it enough. But I'm pleased to say that our chief executive, Cyril, C.Y. Leung, is celebrating International Workers' Day by going to a very, very posh wedding in the south of France. Way to go. Two, two tycoons uh, reuniting or uniting their families dynastically in marriage. And I think, you know, um, it's good to see that man of the people, Cyril, is going... has taken the trouble to go all the way to the make the sacrifice to go all the way to the south of france to be present at this auspicious occasion well boys congratulations and girls of course because in a marriage you often have a woman involved and a man hey call me call me old-fashioned but i know that goes on yeah um and uh, i think it's wonderful so um comrades Happy, happy May Day. Hurrah. Two things there, Steve. One, I don't appreciate that word you just called me a couple of minutes ago. And secondly, yes. and secondly wouldn't it be funny if it was a same-sex marriage? It would be, but I don't think Cyril goes to those. All right, well, well, good. I'm, I'm, um, but, you know, um, while he's away, things are still going on in Hong Kong. Oh, yes, they are. They are, aren't they, just Now, you mentioned uh, in, in, in which I believe is vulgarly called the introduction. Introduction, yeah. The introduction, that um, the MTR was castivated for these these sort of blink-of-the-eye delays. And on, there's another on, one they have, apparently haven't told everybody about, <laughs> when, the bu- when the driver hit the red button by mistake. Oh, I don't God, know if it's true, yeah. but... Uh, you know, I mean, let's focus on the things they should be criticised for. There's some really big stuff going on. No here. lose on the platforms. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's that as well. Apparently that was... That, no, but that was quite reasonable, because they said if there were losers on the platforms, everybody would use them. That's true, and so we can't have that. You, you can't really argue with that. But, but of course... In rumbling along in the background, and now we enter Nana Land, you wouldn't believe it, would you? Is this enormous scandal, and it really is, I don't think I'm overusing the word, this enormous scandal about the fritting away of public funds and the misleading of the public about the delays to this great new um, link that's being... Um, I thought you were going being... to talk about broadcasting house for a oh, second. Yeah, yeah. Oh, this, this delays... Don't, don't, don't get me started on that. It's broadcasting house is beyond reproach. Um, but, but, you know, the, the, the great Guangzhou link. Well, here's the thing. It, it now seems that um, they told the public via LegCo a load of porkies... The people who are in charge... This is the project that's going to be delayed by, is it a year, is it two years? We don't really know because nobody's prepared to say. Um, we're told that the minister in charge of transport, who's supposed to be supervising this project, he didn't know anything. The members of the board of the MTRC that are responsible for building this thing, they didn't know anything. So, all in all, no who, who one's did to blame, man in except for the bloke in Aplay Chow, who is a right... and has to go. I mean, there will be scapegoats. I noticed that you've already seen uh, one resignation, two resignations, nothing to do with this, of course, according to the PR people. That's all, you know, perfectly natural that people resign all the time in the MTR. I, 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 honestly, I think they must be right. But the really extraordinary thing is, on top of all this, you've got to a stage where the public trust 
in a corporation which, let us not forget, was built with public money. It's been partially privatised, but the government still, or the people, you may say, still have a majority stake in it. This public corporation seems to think that accountability is something which only really applies to the little people. It doesn't apply to us. So the arrogance, the sheer arrogance of the board of the MTRC says we're going to set up an independent inquiry to look into this. And you know who we're going to pick to sit on the board, in fact, to chair the board of this independent inquiry? Why? They're members of our own board. Our mates! Our (laughs) mates! So the so-called, and this is where you've got to have a little chuckle, Listeners, here's the chuckle moment. They are the independent, non-executive directors of the MTRC board. Well, let me give you a little insight into what independent, non-executive directors are supposed to be. They're supposed to be exercising oversight of the companies that they sit on the board of. They've clearly failed to do that in this case. So they're now being rewarded by being put into a little special committee of their own to not do it all over again. I mean... Would you Adam and Eve it? It's just beyond belief that they seriously think that this is going to be a way of reassuring the public that everything is above board and everything is tickety-boo over at the MTRC. As I say, I know it involves billions of dollars and it's public money, so hey-ho, it doesn't really matter. It's your money and my money that's been hard-earned, so, you know, we can we don't really need to take any of that seriously. But the sheer gall of these people... To say we're setting up an independent committee with our best mates running it, <laughs> it, it takes a breath. And incidentally, the person who's going to head the independent committee is is our good friend Mr. Ma, the failed um, Secretary for Financial Services, Frederick Ma, the, the failed um, Secretary of Financial Services, whose main contribution to the development of financial services in Hong Kong was... Oh, that's right. Nothing. <laughs> I'll tell you what, the word blatant is truly getting a makeover in Hong Kong these days. Well, it is. I mean, this comes head on the heels of the report into the ferry disaster, which can't be made public because that will only how tell can, people what happened. Steve, how can... Sorry, I know... Tell me more, but how can 20-odd people be responsible for that horrible incident? I don't understand. Guys in offices, how can they be responsible? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, well, I mean... Let's put it this way. We we have a very high level of accountability, which we're supposed to be holding the Philippine government to for the terrible shooting of eight Hong Kong residents in Manila. But when it comes to over 30 people on Hong Kong soil, or in Hong Kong waters, as it so happens, um, oh, oh, well, then, yeah, yeah, well, then, you know, that's all very complicated, it's not straightforward, procedures, blah, 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 legal, blah, blah, blah. Uh, All these weasel words, which amount to, we're not going to tell you, because some of our best friends are involved in this and we don't want them embarrassed in public. Okay, well, seeing as we're putting a list together, I was quite alarmed. And we have an email, which we will get to later, from one of our listeners, John, who lives in Mayfield. It's a very long email, but it's a very well-written one, so Steve's going to put his sub-editor hat on in a while. But he does get on this. People were really left with a bad taste over this. Right, we're now taking away the uh, black travel warning to the Philippines the day after Estrada was here, but it's not political. Now, are you telling me that there's any less likely to get shot in the Philippines a few hours later than Estrada's visit. Of course, it's a dangerous country. Everybody knows that. It can be a dangerous country. Um, But that is not going to go away. 
simply because. Simply, well, I mean, this is just uh, um, you have. But it's the, not political. Why say that it's not political? The head of the um, uh, the, the, the minister. Yeah, I, I, I almost can't say these words because these these people will take responsibility for nothing that they do. But the so-called minister in charge of security. As you say, came out the day after and said, Whoa, how, how can you link these two things? Are we, do they really think we're all that stupid? I mean, the average Joe in Hong Kong is that stupid that we don't get it. I mean, nobody looks this at was, these things anyway. No, nobody really does. But, you know, nobody will certainly look at them in future. If you know that the, the black travel warnings are no more than a political tool, you go- they're supposed to be... Let's, it, they're like the weather warnings. They're supposed to be a neutral assessment of the risk, not a politically motivated um, uh, piece of punishment for people that you don't like. I mean, this is where, when you start to abuse the system, an, a, a simple and elementary system for protecting the public from uh, dangers and possible dangers, then you're saying, our system, we can play with it as we like. We don't give any, yeah. any, any kind of credence to its credibility. See, the thing is this. If, if the crime figures in the Philippines miraculously shrunk overnight... Then ha- that will be fair. Ha- how do you know they didn't? Hey, eh? well, that's true. You see, <laughs> yeah, you see, we're not absolutely but that, sure. But that's what no, it's based I know, on. It's the just de- ridiculous. The, the, it's, the, it's, it's nonsense. The clear and present danger of a particular place, i.e., nothing to do with us there. If it just suddenly, if the wand was waved and it suddenly became a gun-free country and you could roll down any street at three in the morning in Metro Manila, great, fine. Well, let, let's compare and contrast this. There has just been a uh, a major bomb attack in Xinjiang on the Chinese mainland. In fact, as the President Xi Jinping was leaving um, leaving Xinjiang, and you would have thought, because there have been other bomb attacks in that part of China, in the northeast, you might have thought there'd be some sort of travel warning about that. There is never, ever that's a, a very, travel very warning. That's a very, very good point. Based on what we've said, that's a logical yeah, and correct point. There is point. never, ever a, a travel warning for any Chinese city or province issued by the Hong Kong government. Call me completely cynical, but I think politics may play a role in that somewhere. I mean, that, that, that really is, not, you know, somebody marauding with machetes or whatever. Well, marauding with machetes, setting up bombs in, in major termini, uh, terminus whatever the plural is, um, you know, I mean, th- these sort of things are indeed something that travellers need to pay attention to. I'm not saying that Xinjiang is the most dangerous place on earth, but I am saying that, that it is something you might want to warn travellers about, that so, there's, a, there's a possibility of, um, if you're in a major travel uh, intersection, that, that, you know, you may, you may encounter a problem. Yeah. Well, the news report says... I'm just trying to find out exactly when it was, but it's today's story. I think it was yesterday. Okay, so it says three people have been killed, 79 (coughs) others injured on the same day uh, that Xi Jinping ended a visit to the restive region, that is home to the mainland's Muslim Uyghur minority. I'm just reading from our news page there. Immediately, we're saying that uh, decisive actions are urged against, quote, terrorists. Hmm. Well, it, it usually takes a long time to yes, yes. blame I mean, the, it's the uh, Uyghurs well, what done it. It's the Uyghurs what done it, yeah. I mean, you know, uh, any problems, Let's. it's the old round up the usual suspects, isn't it? We don't know it was them, but it may well have been. You but know, the fact of the matter is, all I'm talking about here is travel advisories. 
And I'm just saying that if you want to have a political system of travel advisors, why don't you call it that? Saying, this is a system to advise us not to go to places that upset Hong Kong. Because we've got the hump with them. This is, to, this <laughs> is an advisory. You can go anywhere in China, it's perfectly safe, because politically speaking, we're part of China and we don't like to upset the authorities in Beijing. So, in other words, the system is valueless. Don't even bother to look at it. I know that most people don't anyway, but, but it is valueless. And it's worse than valueless because, it, you know, when you politicise the bureaucracy to this extent, I mean, next they'll be saying that, that you know, we'll have to have politically, um, politically manipulated weather forecasts. You know, oh, it's always sunny in Singapore as long as we don't have a trade clash with them. When we do, it's going to be very stormy over there. I mean, you know, this is the logic of this nonsense. Yeah, bizarre stuff indeed. Um, <laughs> any, anything for Steve Vines, drop us a line. I know it's a holiday, but hello. Are you out there? Yes, good, <laughs> if you're out good there. morning. Good morning. <laughs> it's morningbrew at rthk.hk. Uh, suggest the topics, whatever you want. I don't care if it's happening in your back garden. In fact, we'd rather hear about it if it's happening in your back garden <laughs> yeah. because it's not in mine. <laughs> well, exactly. And what we're talking about back gardens, I mean, I mean, you know, um, this is uh, the, the events of yesterday. They should put a wry smile on everybody's face. So we're having a budget debate. Well, we're not because we're not involved, but well, they're we, having a we, budget debate. We, we could join the club, though, and not turn up. We could. <laughs> that seems to be the point. So there's a budget debate going on in LegCo yesterday, and Leung Kwok Hong um, spots an opportunity to derail it by calling for a quorum, uh, you know, account for a quorum, so the president of LegCo, uh, Julie, does that. Leung Kwok Hong scarpers because he thinks that he can bring an end to the debate by not being there, and so do some of his colleagues. And then they go, those Democrats, very, very bad. Not in LegCo. Well, the Democrats form, let's not forget this, around a third of the membership of LegCo. Right. The pro-government parties and the pro-government sort of close twos occupy roughly two-thirds of the seat. Of that, the people, particularly in the functional um, constituencies, a.k.a. the rotten boroughs, barely bother to show because, hey, nobody really elects them and they don't really need to do any work, so they don't bother. But they have the sheer gall to say, you know, we expect the Democrats to be in LegCo all the time because they usually are. It's not... You mean, we have to be there as well. Oh, no, 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 that's all wrong, that's all wrong. It's their fault. We know that they spend a lot of time in LegCo, and therefore they should be... And, you know, we had dinners to attend. How dare they? We had well, brandy what, what, to what sit. What was the best one? What was the best excuse for not turning up? Um, <coughs> I took my phone to be repaired. <laughs> <laughs> this is really quite But, I mean, fantastic. what, 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 what this, this does demonstrate, in case anybody missed it, Yar. is that you've got a very large number of people sitting in that body who basically are just placemen. They don't do any work. They don't contribute. And then they, they get really miffed when they're called upon to do something. And all they were called upon to do was to sit in the chamber. They weren't called upon, you know, to hurl rocks along a, a, um, a tunnel built by the MTRC, or not as the case is because it's been delayed due to circumstances beyond our control. Um, you know, they weren't asked to really do anything else other than, oh, their job. Now, as I said the other day, uh, one of our listeners, John, sent us a, a quite lengthy email with some very good points in it, Steve, all yours. Yeah, they are. Um, it, it really is too long for us to read all of it, but he says it's, it's, 
<laughs> excuse me, it's not often that I agree with Albert Chan of the League of Social Democrats, but I did on this occasion regarding the settlement between the Philippines and the victims' victims' families. Joseph Estrada, what a joke. At the time of the incident, the mayor of Manila, Alfredo Lim, apparently went off to dinner with his buddies while the Philippine police, with their protruding bellies, made a mockery in an unprofessional and pathetic rescue attempt. Most Filipino policemen with pot bellies are synonymous with being on the take. You can't really argue with that, can you? The Philippines' president has refused to officially apologise for the incident, and that stands true to this day. Joseph Estrada has huge popularity in the Philippines. We should point out that he used to be the president. Why? First, because during elections he gives out money. Um, he says that they love heroes, they love uh, ex-actors. And um, there's a sort of culture in the Philippines of, um, you know, gathering round money who, who uh, um, gathering round money and, and gathering round people who, who give out money, he well, says. Well, that's why a lot of the Thais really like Taksin, because he just sipunged them, didn't he? He, he? he did, he did. And, you know, um, guess what? That sort of stuff works. <laughs> um, just moving on here. Um, uh, regarding compensation, I just can't get my head around the money issue. As a father and a Westerner, I would obviously want the perpetrators to be brought to justice, but as a Christian, try to forgive, but that isn't easy, is it? I would not even think of a financial solution, if that is the right word. As a parent, to bury, to bury one of your children must be one of the most difficult things to do, one which wouldn't you wouldn't get over by... Um, um, sorry, I'm... Um, I don't quite understand this. By paying uh, people but, off. But basically. basically, that's yeah. what he's saying. Um, and he's also saying, you know, that, that, that there are differences between cultures on this matter, but it doesn't seem to, to him that um, uh, looking at the monetary solution is the one that should be of prime interest. Well, of course, that's the accusation that's been <coughs> levelled of the families of the airliner that went missing, still missing, of course. Yeah, they're now busy talking about the money. I mean, it, it, it's very unfortunate that the passengers on MH360 are, I would think, almost definitely dead. Yeah, well... We shall see. I mean, this goes on and on and on. It and does. In my lifetime, I've never known anything like this one, by the no, way. No, no. I was speaking to somebody, and I hate to use this word, but he's genuinely an a a airline expert. Oh, yeah. Somebody who's who's responsible for um, aircraft maintenance. That's that's his job. Mm -hmm. And he, he, he says he really can't get his head around it either. Um, you know, the idea that a plane that flew so far over land and remember when it's over land it's under constant monitoring by all sorts of radar you know military and civilian and then you think well apparently that is the fact <laughs> yes. so you know he's saying it must have been at sea for a very long time to have evaded all of that monitoring unless of course it was monitored and we don't you know we don't know what happened or rather, they're not telling us. Yeah. It's easy. Uh, hence, it's there's 101 conspiracy theories about what happened to that plane. A lot of which are very logical. I mean, we're not talking little men from Mars <coughs> here. A lot of these things, of course, you know, the, the, the thought process behind these conspiracy theories, it all ticks. Yeah, it does. It does. But, you know, the, the simple fact of the matter is that we know no more today than we did 50-odd days ago when this plane disappeared. I mean, no more concrete evidence. Not one concrete piece of evidence is in the public domain do you, that do you, wasn't um, available all that time ago. I mean, 
you know, naturally we do think various things through, whether they're right, wrong, yeah. or moral, or immoral, whatever. We think things through. <coughs> I mean, there must be a bit of you that says when this comes out, because something, something must happen, I, I guess, um, it's going to be a, a real shame job somewhere. I wonder. You know, I really wonder, because... Um, uh, I, I hate to use that awful expression, American expression, but stuff happens. You know, we have seen uh, aircraft disappear before. This isn't un unknown in history. There's the famous um, Air France plane that disappeared in, in, in Latin America and wasn't found for two years. Mm. So, I mean, you know, this stuff does happen. It's just, it's, it seems that with the state of technology, the, the, the sophistication of the planes themselves, the monitoring devices, it just seems impossible that it does happen. Yet it does. I mean, I think it's kind of humbling in terms of technology to know that, that although you think that it's now so comprehensive that it can sort this stuff out, that it simply can't. You can't also help but, but think that there's possibly a pocket somewhere that doesn't want it to be found. Well, that may well be the case. That may well be. And, of course, you know, this is very political now. It, it's got the Chinese government posturing. It's got the Malaysian government posturing. It's got the Australians playing the Honest Joe in the middle. Um, all too political for, 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 for political reasons. I I'm not saying for one moment that they're not genuinely looking for the plane, because I'm very sure that they are. But, you know, you've got a lot of people with big egos and big political and, and regional interests involved in this. So how that's going to pan out, I, d I don't know. Absolutely not. Well, let's come back to closer, closer to home things. And of course, the big story of the past few days, as nuts as it sounds, <laughs> is the peeing. Yeah. yeah. I mean... <laughs> I mean, this has gone really viral. This has this gone one. amazingly <laughs> viral, and and there's unhappy campers in every direction. There's people on the mainland who are saying those arrogant sods and possibly mm. words that we can't repeat on the radio uh, in Hong Kong. Uh, you know, are taking the literally taking the the, the yellow water. Yeah. <laughs> um, there are people here who are saying, God, this uncivilised horde coming over from the mainland. Well, that's what it's about. It's not about a three-year-old relieving himself it, in it a gutter, is, is it? It is not. It's about a cumulative sense of um, unease and tension between Hong Kong and, and mainland visitors. And then you have, coming into this, and you've got to love him... Um, Again, it's a government minister. I mean, you know, you can't make these people up. If, if you ever want to feel bad about yourselves, think of the people in C.Y. Lung's administration and you'll feel a lot better about yourself. That's all I can say. Anyway, you have Greg So popping up Boing. and saying, you know, he, he's saying, oh, I'm trying to calm waters. And instead, he issues this phenomenally patronising statement about people on the mainland. We have to, and I'm directly quoting here, we have to make allowances for them. We have to help to educate them. Boy! Well, that's more of an insult in a way. That's what I'm saying. Because he's saying they're that's a bunch I, of thickies. That's <laughs> what I'm, I, I, well, you know, the word patronising isn't a good word in my book. OK. Um, um, you know, I, I mean, he, here he is pouring oil on troubled waters because, hey, why not? Steve. I, I don't think he realises he's doing that because he's a member of Cyril's administration, so, you know, you don't have to have A-levels to do that job. Here's one for you that always, always puzzles me. We have millions of people coming here that are generally considered to be, well, Hong Kong people call them peasants and stuff like this, badly behaved, this, that and the other, but they're massively minted. Now, well, there's massively minted Steve, and there's, you know, it's like all generalisations. How does that connect? Well, well, if you're, if you're, I mean... Well, people, well, well, one of the things is that, that people 
um, come here to shop. And let's not be under any illusion. I, I, you I know. know what they come. They, they don't come here because of the mega events funds. <laughs> <laughs> Latest performance, but, but uh, that will come as a shock. I know they don't come here because. They're very keen to see the Hong Kong Arts Museum's latest display. They come here to shop. So a lot of people, even if they're not that loaded, have actually saved a lot of money so for this trip. So they're not completely wedged. That's, no, that's no. a fallacy. The point is that they've saved a lot of money okay. for the specific purpose of coming to Hong Kong and spending it here. And, of course, we're whinging. So, oh, they're coming here and spending money. Oh, we don't like that. I, I seem to remember we did like that at one time, but apparently we don't like that now. How come, in days gone by... How come the raison d'etre of this place was... It's always tourism, tourism. I mean, it's great. Any, anyone needs visitors and this, that and the other. But it seems the eggs are all in this one basket. Well, it'll be your fault if we lose these tourism dollars. Well, of course, what, 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 what actually has happened is that, that tourism in Hong Kong has become very unbalanced because you used to get much wider spread of visitors to Hong Kong well, that's true. From, from other places. And, of course, Hong Kong used to be much more of a transit point. So, you know, for example, people going from Europe to Australia would stop off here for a couple of days, hopefully spend a lot of money, eat a lot of food and get back on the plane again. Or someone, That, yeah. that sort of stuff. But now, first of all, planes fly... Um, longer distances without having to stop. There are other centres they can stop in which are cheaper and more attractive. So Hong Kong's sort of losing that business. But the vacuum has been filled, not filled, it's been overflowingly filled. Not because um, Hong Kong has has really done anything. What Hong Kong has really done has persuaded the mainland authorities to issue permits. That's all it is. So it is from within, in your opinion? It, yes. I mean, you know, I mean, the, the tap goes on entirely according to which permits are and aren't issued from the mainland. Remember, Hong, remember, travel in China is still a privilege, not a right, mm. to get a permit to come to Hong Kong, or to travel anywhere, actually, in China, to get a passport in China is not a given right. It, it, you know, people keep forgetting. Remember, it is a one-party state, and in one-party states, travel, like everything else, is very tightly controlled. Mm. So anyway, the tap was turned on, people were allowed to visit here, and why not? You know, I mean, you know, if 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 the choice is a, a fun drenched holiday in Chengdu, or or a possibility of coming to Hong Kong, I think they'd probably come to Hong Kong if that's the if that's the two alternatives. Of course, if they've got a passport, they'd probably go further afield, and a lot of them are going further afield. But the fact is also that Hong Kong people do feel threatened. They feel like they don't count anymore, or something like that. Well, it's partly because the government seems to be so. You know, so kind of what's the word? I'm trying to think of a adequate obsequious. phrase. <laughs> well, they're obsequious to, to the people in Beijing, but they're also, you know, they, they will cross the border at the drop of an email um, to, to to go and meet an official. But you know, you 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 take our very wonderful chief executive, who's unavoidably detained in the south of France at the moment. I mean, how often has he gone to Shamshui Po? How often has he gone to? Uh, Tin Soi Wai. How often has he gone to Beijing? Off duty, you mean? Not 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 with an outrider, no, I mean, outriders and everything. Well, yeah, well, uh, off duty never. Even on duty, not very much. But how often has he made visits to all over uh, the mainland? Uh, this is something not just him, but all of them. So there's a feeling here that Hong Kong is being disparaged even by its own leaders, well, let alone by the bosses in I wonder in, if in that's Beijing. the main point. I think that, that simmers in something the background. Something about doing something in your own nest. 
Yeah, exactly. I've got, exactly. An, e- I've got an email here. It's a slightly different topic, but I want to read it from Mary. See what you reckon. What's she say? Uh, the only, well, she's talking about uh, transport and stuff. So Mary says, the only people shocked by the delay in XRL appear to be our Secretary for Transport, Highways Department, and uh, Michael Teen and Legco Transport Panel. We plebs who travel by public transport and have had nothing better to do on many delayed bus trips on Jordan to Western Harbour Tunnel but pick our noses and look into the big hole at West Kowloon could see that there's no way the station would be open in 2015. Good point, not many people have seen it. She says, conclusion, it's about time our transport wallers join us occasionally on the upper deck. No. You mean... On public transport, I members know, of the administration. True, I mean, it's just—they have cars, they have drivers. That's an outright. I'm sorry, I, I, that's an outrageous suggestion. I'm, I'm completely against that. And do you know that. how we know they have drivers? Because you can see them all double parked <laughs> up Glen Ely. That's how we know they've got drivers. No, they're wonderful folk. I'm not having a word said against them. I mean, you know, and the uh, five zero um, nowhere to be seen. Yeah, you know what you're what you're saying now is that people who run this place should actually mix it a bit. No. 